Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Wow, what a great time of year it is. Football, baseball playoffs, hockey, and soon the NBA. If you're looking to add some excitement to the game, make BetDSI.com your betting partner. New members get a 100% bonus match using promo code DP101. That's double your money to start winning today. BetDSI has been paying winners for 20 years and is top rated on betting review sites. BetDSI is a very user-friendly interface and mobile site. Simply play, win, and get paid. BetDSI offers betting options for everything. Bet on the NFL, NBA, NHL, boxing, and all other major sports. Also, politics, reality TV, esports, virtually everything. Try live betting at BetDSI where you can bet on games from start to finish, every play, and every minute until the end. New members get a 100% bonus match using promo code DP101. That's double your money to start winning today. So once again, go to BetDSI.com and use promo code DP101 and get this limited time 100% bonus offer to make some extra cash. Remember, it's only a game until you bet it at BetDSI. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. <laughs> this is Dan Patrick. Uh, welcome to the program this Thursday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Yes, Kawhi's not the only one with load management. Took the day off yesterday. I didn't want to. I woke up at 3.30 in the morning with my front tooth in my mouth. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to look like Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber. So I text Paulie at 3.30, called my dentist at around 3.45. I called you or text you before I got a hold of the dentist. And I cracked my tooth while at dinner that night with my daughter. Focaccia bread, by the way. And my daughter goes, what was that? And I go, I don't know. And so I just kind of stuffed my front tooth back up. And then I thought, all right, I'll kind of make it through the day. And then I woke up with my tooth in my mouth and I thought, this probably isn't going to look good. And I decided that uh, I would have load management. Yes, Eden. So when you say you woke up with your tooth in your mouth, I mean, technically all of your teeth are in your mouth. You mean it was removed from the yeah. socket and yes. laying elsewhere in yes. your mouth. It was loose in my mouth. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Paul. A lot of people speculating on your new diet. You've been shunning bread for so long. This is bread's payback. McLovin said that. He goes, what's up with the carbs? And I go, I don't know. It looks so damn good. Focaccia, though? You know that's a dangerous bread product. I, <laughs> I know. My daughter even said, as she looked at me as I was grabbing it, she goes, really? And I go, what? Like, you're going to food guilt me? And I took one bite, and then she heard it crack. And then I went, uh-oh. I continued with the meal. I just drank more wine, and then I woke up, and I went, uh-oh, I got it. This is too from my mouth. And then I just stuffed it back up there. But I text Paulie. I said, I, even now, it's loose. And we've had a lot of first on this show, but... You know, because the tooth is sort of rattling around there, the vibrations of talking. So every couple of minutes, I have to stuff it back up there. And then I got surgery later on today. I'm going to win a sports Emmy. I am. You know, light chemo, kidney stones, losing a tooth. 
What do I have to do? Yes, McLaughlin. Don't you have a grill somewhere uh, that you I got do. in Houston? I got my, my Paul Wall grill, and uh, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. Let's see how surgery goes later on today. But hey, it's great to be back, you know? Uh, coming up a little bit later on, Chris Collinsworth will join us on loan from NBC Sports. We will also talk to Sean Merriman and uh, the former great defensive lineman. He will join us, or I should say linebacker, I guess. Sean will join us a little bit later on in the uh, Man Cave. Colts, Texans coming up tonight. We'll uh, get a poll question for you. Got a few stats of the day. Got a play of the day. Ben Simmons hit his first career three-pointer last night. How about that? How about that? The three-point revolution is well-established now in the NBA. Everybody can shoot them. Everybody can hit them. Big men, points, point guards, you got power forwards. James Harden shoots 14 a game on his own. But the one player who's been immune to the three-point craze is Ben Simmons. Number one overall pick, 2016. Hadn't hit a single three-pointer his entire career until last night. That's three in the corner against the Knicks. Calmly ran back on defense. Everybody else was excited on the bench there. His lack of three-point shooting was a big topic because we look at him, he can take over a game without being a great shooter. But uh, we saw videos of him draining long-distance shots in the offseason. And then you started to wonder, is this psychological? You know, like Markel Fultz. And then the longer you wait, it's like somebody who waits to learn how to swim. And then they look at that water in the pool and they go, oh boy, it's in your head. And... I believe it starts to become more mental than physical. And look, I consider myself a pretty good shooter and no form. And Ben Simmons, that shot is repeatable. That's nice. It, it, it's not great. You know, I don't like the release point, but if, if he gets wide open threes, then I would have him take him. You know, you got to start, you know, take them. You know, if you're going to miss them badly, then I understand why there'd be some trepidation. You know, his game is a bit limited because of that. By the way, the one thing that is overlooked with Ben Simmons, nobody will ever talk about this. It's not glamorous to talk about this. Ben Ben Simmons is one of the better defenders in the NBA. He really is. He's a great passer. He can get into the lane, left-handed, right-handed. I know I've joked about him being a left-handed or right-handed player. He's not really sure if if he can shoot right-handed or left-handed. But last night, the corner three was nice. That's respectable jumper. If I said, let's look at a game here, and this tooth is going to pop out here. It may fly. Uh, yes, yeah, If you watch the highlight of Ben Simmons' three-pointer, uh, as he's going back down the court, I think R.J. Barrett is sort of trailing him, yeah. and he's like running down, and you can see he's smiling, like <laughs> almost laughing, <laughs> because, you know, the crowd is going nuts, and even he got a kick out of it. Yeah. Uh, this program brought to you by True Car shows you what your car's value is, lets you get a cash offer in minutes. So when you're ready to sell, visit True Car today. By the way, when you guys see me stop and then push up my tooth, you guys can talk then, just to let you know. That's the new cue? That's the new cue. Yes, Todd. How do you feel today for in the minutes after that happened, if you're Mitchell Robinson going back down the court? How much grief did he take? He's the one that was defending Ben Simmons who popped that three right No, on you're him. supposed to leave him open. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's not the only guy who's left Ben Simmons open. If you fouled him on the three, then I got a problem with you. It's like you're going, go ahead, shoot, Ben. 
Yeah, let him take that yeah. all night. Yeah. If there's any player ever that you could leave open for three, that's the guy. Yeah, I feel pretty confident about that. I'd be like, hey, Ben, take another one. Last night, that was respectable. It, 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 the, the form was respectable. It's more mental. And the longer you wait, the worse it's going to get. It's like Markel Foltz did the same thing. He, he changed his shooting style. Hurt the shoulder, changed it, and then all of a sudden he started to think. Great players don't think because it's so instinctive. And the more you think, it's like when guys go to the free throw line. They think. You just want to go up there and go, all right, give me the ball. Boom. Yeah, McLovin. I think there's a bigger thing. Ben Simmons is scoring 14 points a game. That dude should be scoring 25 points a game. He should average at least 20. I don't understand why he's not more aggressive. Well, that's another problem that I see sometimes. But, you know, when when he was at LSU, they didn't even make the playoffs. They didn't make the tournament. And maybe he passed too much back then. I'd like for him to be a little bit more selfish as a point guard. And I know that that goes against, you know, conventional wisdom. But I would like to see him be a little more aggressive and make you pay. He gets in the lane, but... If, if he does develop, isn't it interesting, though, we have some players and we say, if they develop a shot, they're going to be unstoppable. He's one of those players. Giannis is one of those players. Imagine if Giannis has that respectable jumper. Because once he gets into the lane, it takes him two dribbles from the top of the key to get into the lane and score. Ben Simmons is basically a seven-footer playing point guard there. Which brings me to Luka... Dunchuk, last night, he dominated. He dominated the Golden State Warriors. Now, granted, it's the Golden State Warriors. But still, what he did last night and casually threw up a triple-double once again, it's been pretty incredible what he's been able to do so far. And we started to wonder about this, and I've said, when it comes to the MVP, in all sports, we love a good story. Writers love to tell a new story. We've already had the story of LeBron. Now, this might be the reclamation. This might be the, oh, LeBron is back. I don't know where he went. He went from, like, the best player to the third best player. So, LeBron is a great story this year. Passing, playing defense, Lakers playing well, LeBron team player, Greek freak, great story last year, got the MVP. Russell Westbrook Jr. the third got his. James Harden got his. Can the Dallas Mavericks win enough games for Luka Doncic to win the MVP? And I'm curious about this. Maybe the folks from uh, Stats Inc. can help. The fewest wins for an MVP in recent memory. I don't know what Russell Westbrook did in Oklahoma City. Did they win 55 games that year? Um, But Doncic, I mean, they're on an upward climb here. And if he got to about 50 to 55 wins... And he continues to do this. Luka Doncic, uh, you know, has a great shot at winning the MVP because it comes back to once again, what is a great story? And Luka Doncic this year is a great story. Seven triple doubles so far in 14 games. At least seven triple doubles in the first 20 games of a season in the last 35 years. The only other player with more is Russell Westbrook. And he won the MVP in 2016-2017. Yeah, Paul. Mavericks right now 9-5 on pace for 53 wins. They're fifth in the division. They were below 500 last year and well below 500 two years ago. So he's the difference. 
I just don't know if they're a good enough team because I've watched them and you're still waiting for Porzingis to be Porzingis. And you're playing in the West. But what he's doing on a nightly basis, he's must-see TV. Trey Young and Luka Doncic are must-see TV. Yeah, McLevin. One thing, he's towards Golden State and San Antonio, who's actually looks like they're tanking now. They've lost seven straight. They have the Mavs. They have the Cavs. I don't know if a Greg Popovich team would tank. There's something really wrong there. They're really Maybe bad. back when they could get David Robinson or Tim Duncan, <laughs> maybe they tanked back then. But listen to this schedule. They go to the Rockets, mm-hmm. host the Clippers, to the Suns, to the Lakers. Can Luka keep up those kind of numbers and that shooting percentage against those teams? Okay. So maybe he can. But, but he's already gone against the Lakers. He went toe-to-toe with LeBron. Well, yeah, but his shooting numbers in the last two games have shot through the roof. He had been missing. He takes 100 threes a game. He had been missing a lot of them. Okay. I'm I am a Luca hater, I think, but he is a Yeah, why are you a hater? Because you don't think that he's twenty. <laughs> you're you're an ageist. There is no evidence that he's actually twenty. He plays like he's thirty. Well, there he's is so... evidence it's called a birth certificate. I'd like to see said Latvian birth certificate. Here we go. You're a birther with Luca Doncic. Yes, Paul. But don't you think this comes down to Luka Doncic has been playing professional basketball since fifteen, so he is a grown man when other twenty year olds He's not a 20-year-old Kobe Bryant who was still getting his legs or Kevin Durant, you know, who was playing high school the year before. Two years ago, he was playing high-end professional basketball yeah. at, at age 18. Yeah. He's putting on a show. It's fun to watch. But he does appear. He plays older than what he is. And I still love the comps. Even though he, he probably knows about Larry Bird. But I'm guessing growing up, his idol was LeBron James. Because he plays like LeBron James. Now, he's not as athletic. He doesn't jump like LeBron. But LeBron did not shoot anywhere near what Luka does. And he is actually better than LeBron at this age. And you start to look at ceilings here. You know, Luka, Luka's game is going to... This is the way his game is going to be 10 years from now. I don't think he's going to be, you know, jumping less or not as high, not as quick. It feels like this is going to be his game. He plays, when you played, if you've ever played a pickup game, and there's the guy who you look at and you go, I don't know if he does anything really well, but he's unstoppable. That's Luka Doncic. He's got touch. He's got moves. He's not afraid. The step back, a good passer, rebounder. And I think he's got a really, you know, he could be right now, I don't know where he is with the odds because there's odds on everything, but Vegas with odds with Luka Doncic, he's probably there in the top five, maybe top three, and rightfully so. Yeah, Paul. You have a good point, though, about LeBron. It's been seven years since he won an MVP, yeah. which seems weird because you know some of those are some of his best seasons. He's averaging 25-11 assists, which is his career high. He's also leading the NBA in assists. And if he goes 25-11-8 and, and they're the one seed in the West... They won't be the ones... Oh, LeBron... Yes. LeBron. Oh, yeah. LeBron, I think, is your leading candidate, and rightfully yeah, so. Yeah, LeBron's averaging eleven assists. A game. Yeah, yeah. I, I think LeBron is saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play. Now, this might be to the detriment of the Lakers. I think that's why he came out and said, "Hey, I don't do load management." You think I'm old? I don't do load management. I'm old school. We play. James Harden said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. See, is passing more another form of load management where he's not, you know, <laughs> seriously, like where he's not going to the hoop, taking all that contact this mm-hmm. early in the season. I think, I think it does help him. I don't know if that's a conscious effort to say, Hey, I don't want to get beat up. 
and you know be struggling to go to the hoop. But I, I think it's a valid point to say, you know, maybe this is a little bit easier. I'm, I, our team is better because I do this. But I think he's saying, oh, you didn't think I could lead the league in assist? Okay. Oh, you didn't think I played any defense? Remember, that's the big knock the last couple of years. And certainly last year, he wasn't good at all. But with Frank Vogel, who, by the way, has done a good job, in case anybody was watching, uh, you got to play defense with Frank Vogel. And the Lakers are a great defensive team right now. And I think that that, 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 that is a good story with LeBron. And that's what you're looking for. You know, you love to say the stats. You know, if Russell Westbrook doesn't average a triple-double, he doesn't win the MVP. It basically, that's, that's the great story. He averaged a triple-double. Let's say he averaged four more points, four more assists, and three less rebounds. He might not have won the MVP because he averaged a triple-double. We think if you have a triple-double, you had a great night. Sometimes you can go, you know, 42, 10, and 8, and you still had a great night. But all of a sudden, you have that triple-double. It's just so easy to say, and you can kind of capsulize the performance. triple-double. Yeah, okay. What if you don't have a triple-double? Did you still have a great game? I don't think Will Chamberlain had a triple-double when he got 100 points in that game. Overrated. Selfish. (laughs) Well, how could he have possibly got 10 assists if he already had 100 points? Yeah. Check the, the box way, score. Might have double teamed him during that game. Did Will? Okay, over under four assists for Will Chamberlain the night he had 100. And I'm going to go under. I'm going to go less. How about over under three Will Chamberlain assists when he scored 100 points? Because Guy Rogers, I think, had something like 19 assists in that game. I'm going to guess Wilt had one assist, one or two assists. McLovin? I'm not seeing assists. Yeah, Paul. I think I have it. I have a source. It's basketballreference.com. They usually do a pretty good job with this. Wilt had 100 points, two personal fouls, 25 rebounds, the huge, and two assists. Yeah. <laughs> now, your boy Guy Rogers had 20 assists. Okay. I'm guessing they were mostly to Wilt. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. And they actually stopped the game. I think when he got to 100, the crowd came onto the floor and they didn't finish the last. No, no, 30 seconds, something like that. Yeah, McLeod. Uh I'd like to see some video footage of this game. Yeah, I know. I actually have a piece of the floor. Really? Yeah, I had a, a listener. Wait a minute. So I have Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game, and uh, Randy McKillop, president of, let's see, I don't know what the... Uh, Famousfloors.com? Something like that. He got me a piece of the floor here. When Wilt scored his 100 points. So he had 23, 18, 28, and then 31. Uh, that's that's a decent night. But ball hog, by the way, only two assists. Yes, McLovin. I'm just saying it could have been in the same gym where they shot the moon landing because there's just about... Well, that was a soundstage. Okay. Somewhere in New Mexico. Have you ever heard those conspiracy theories? That oh, yeah. Will, yeah. Yeah, the fact that it was in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yes, McLovin. By the way, back to... What about James Harden's MVP? Dude scoring 38.4. They're winning a ton. Is there just no way you could do it again? I think we've seen it. His numbers are way up this year. I know, but we've seen it. And I think that there are people either love his style or hate his style. I don't think you're in between with James Harden. I'm fascinated because I'm a gunner. 
and his ability to go down the floor every single time. When they know you're going to shoot and you still score, man, I have such admiration for that. You know, that guy with the game on the line, it's just like, we know you're going to shoot and we're trying to stop you and we can't. You get 7.5 assists. Dude passes too. He has the ball more than anybody in the history of the game. Somebody has to get an assist if they do double team him. Yeah, Paul. Are you going to be the James Harden of the AUAA if you play this year? And it's still mixed no. reports whether you're playing or not. I'm going to play. You know, I've been on a roll. I've been on a roll health-wise here, you know, in the last seven years. Which so, direction? Yeah. Well, I'm rolling downhill. And the boulder is uh, coming on top of me. But this might be the last call. This might be, as, as I finish my highlight reel, this would probably be the last part of the highlight reel of my basketball career. Jordan with the Wizards? Sticking a jumper. I'd take that. Sticking a jumper right in Fritzy's face. Nice. Thanks, Todd. Yes, McClough. You really want to get out on the court with these spastic guys? I mean, it's an injury <laughs> waiting to happen. That is true. Including is- me, by the way. I, I can't control these elbows. By the way, we're going to have the AUAA. That's the... American Unathletic Association of America, our, our basketball league that we have, and the culmination of the season since the Super Bowl is going to be in Miami. Oh, no, we're going to do it the Final Four? Yeah. Seton, okay. We're going to try to do it on a big boy gym floor down there at the Final Four. <laughs> I don't know if they'd let us on the floor of the Final Four. God, this tooth is going to pop out. Um, but... If uh, we get that opportunity, then we're going to play, a, a, you know, the championship game of the AUAA down there somewhere at uh, Georgia Tech, maybe. That'd be nice. People scalping tickets already for that. Yeah, event. they will be. Yep. Yeah, and rightfully so. All we right, got well, that Mercedes-Benz dome, dude. We're going big for this. Yeah, but even though Mercedes is a proud sponsor of this program, I don't think they like us that much that they're going to go. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, Coach K's out there and, his, you know, Duke's ready to come on the floor for their practice session? Coach, Coach, five minutes, then I'll be done. Let me, let me stick a jumper here. We're going to win, and then uh, you'll be able to take, take the floor, Coach. Okay. I love Duke. Chris Collinsworth set to join us. A few things to talk to him about. Thursday night game. Also, Eric Weddle has had some interesting comments. He doesn't want to give away any secrets about his former team, who he's facing this week. I'll talk to Chris about that coming up. It's uh, 21 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. So you have a taste for pizza, huh? Certainly understandable. But before you decide on what kind, can we tempt you into going thin? Yes, Little Caesars has a large, extra-most, bestest, thin-crust pizza available right now for only $6.49. It's thin on crust, but big on taste. With extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price. The extra most bestest thin crust pizza, only six forty nine at participating Little Caesars locations, plus tax where applicable. Order one online tonight and skip the register with Pizza Portal Pickup. Claim of extra cheese and most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price, is based on the comparison of the following pizzas for the top four national pizza chains. Little Caesars extra most bestest thin crust pepperoni pizza and the other three pizza chains, large, round standard menu, one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza, sold at everyday menu prices. Okay, this is just a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please, please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. The company that has been offering you great rates and great service for 75 years, it's GEICO. I've been using them for a long time myself. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. No recordings. The company, GEICO. Go to GEICO.com today. 
Sorry for all the numbers, but I've been a fan and a customer of Geico for a long time. And in five, four, three, two, one, I'm out. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Chris Collinsworth, part of Sunday Night Football. This Sunday night, it'll be Chris with Al Michaels, Michelle Tafoya, the Packers, and the Niners. Chris, also part of the NFL Network's NFL 100 show with Rich Eisen and Bill Belichick. And Chris, kind enough to join us. Chris, thanks for joining us. I assume that you're knee-deep in game footage of the 49ers and the Packers. I like the Niners. I don't love the Niners. And it's because of Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm just not sure yet. What have you seen from Garoppolo? Um, yeah, he's made a few mistakes along the way, and he's a little bit of a finesse thrower. I, I didn't really realize that until I started uh, watching the tape. He's um, He kind of loves throwing the, the lob balls in over the top and, and just sort of, I, you know, it's, it's not one of those you sit there and you watch the tape and you go, wow, look at that throw. And, you know, whew, that thing just comes rocketing out of his hands. But it, he's he's really good at reading the defenses. He has a great feel for what they're doing. Um, but sometimes tries to get a little too cute, and it's cost him a few interceptions this year. Any questions about the Packers? Um, the Packers actually impressed me a little bit more. Uh, their ability to run the ball, especially against Carolina, was something. You know, they they've got two backs that can go. Uh, they rebuilt this offensive line. It, it um, Defensively, they made some big mistakes in, in that last game. But offensively, you know, every once in a while you see a team late in the year and you go, all right, which one of these teams might be able to go on a little bit of a run here? Which one of them kind of is sitting there? And, and remember, this is a new offense. Um, they're, they're just starting to get it figured out. If you remember the Rams and back to their day that – those tight formations and the play action and the deep overs and, you know, the ability to run the ball with power or inside zone or any of those different things. So uh, I, I, I kind of have a little feeling on the Green Bay Packers right now. I, I have a little feeling that, that maybe we're just starting to see what they're going to be come playoff time. Can you read between the lines with what Tom Brady is saying about the offense or lack thereof? What, you know, I know there's frustration. They usually keep everything in in house. Is there something that we're missing with uh, what Brady is saying here? Um, he gave us a line that was the most unbelievable line that we never put on television. I, I simply can't believe we didn't put it on. His opening line was, "I have to be the the most miserable eight no quarterback in the history of the league." <laughs> And I, I, and somehow we didn't get that on. I have no idea why we didn't. Um, but I think they're so used to just dominating. You know, I think they're so used to being able to do anything that they want to do. And, um, and, and they don't really appear to have that, that sort of game breaker uh, on offense the way that they have in the past. You know, at least Gronk, you knew you were going to get 
some ability to be able to take the thing and, and go down the field with it. You know, Dorsett gives them a little bit of that feel and, you know, they trade for Sanu, but there's not that guy that you just sit there and go, oh, man, that guy, he scares me to death out there. Uh, Edelman's, of course, a great player. but uh, and, and then when they don't have that down-the-field kind of threat working, um, the, the running game doesn't look quite as good. So I think it's a little bit of a mix of everything. Uh, but if you go right down to it, the one that's probably hurt them the most was, the, you know, losing David Andrews on the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, losing Isaiah Wynn, and now I guess he's coming back at, at this point over Marshall Newhouse. Um, but even in that game against the Ravens that we saw him, you know, when push really came to shove and they, they got behind in the game, they go into that no-huddle mode. and I mean, it is hyper-speed mode, and they're still flying up and down the field and still had a chance to win that game. So uh, I, I think they're going to be okay. The defense is fantastic. The secondary in particular is just fantastic. Um, so it, they'll do what they always do. They'll, they'll hit a little wall, and then they'll they'll take off in the playoffs again. Do you look at the Patriots' game plan is still stopping Ezekiel Elliott, or have the Cowboys become a passing team, a pass first, then a run second team? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, Dak Prescott here in the last few weeks has just been that other guy. You know, he's the one that you'd say if you're if you're his agent, this is a dream scenario right now. I mean, this is off the charts because you're trying to get paid. Uh, and Dak, let, let's start with who he is as a person. Um, Dak is is the face of the Cowboys in the same way that that uh, Jason Witten and and you know Tony Romo and uh, some of the superstars of that thing. I mean, that guy has a presence to him that is sort of second to none. Uh, we, we interview all these quarterbacks. So that part of the game, he definitely gets. And now with the way that he's throwing the ball and the way that he's understanding the game, I, I think that he spent a lot of time on that throwing motion. You know, we saw the, uh, what was the, the was it a meme? I, I get all my internet words mixed up, you know, but, it, you know, the thing where they put together and he's doing his hips, the thing we had yeah. on before the game, and he's flying the hips out and all that stuff. Uh, and so the best of these guys now are really not having to step into their throws. Um, I, I think you'll see it with Garoppolo this week as well. Dak Prescott is sort of the ultimate of that. He never takes a step with that front foot. It is just pure hips and firing the ball and being able to do it. And if Amari Cooper stays healthy, I, I think Amari Cooper has been – the key to that offense really since the beginning, the minute he came over from Oakland, that was a different team. It was a different offense. And Dak Prescott was a different quarterback. Uh, Dak Prescott right now, to me, the Cowboys are going to be lucky to get him for $40 million. <laughs> I've been so high on the Cowboys from the start of the season. I really thought that they, they could go to the Super Bowl this year. What, what did I miss with the Cowboys? I know they can still go. But it, are they missing something? I still think they could go. I, I, I really do. I, I, there is no reason, honestly, that this team should not be that good. And, and you go back to the games where they get beat and you just start going, how did they lose that game, right? I mean, you, you just, you know, how was it that they lost that? But across the board, I mean, name linebackers that can play the way that their linebackers can play. I mean, Jalen Smith, Leighton Vander Esch, Sean Lee is a backup, Joe Thomas and 
in pass coverage situations. They have great pass rushers and Clint and Lawrence on the outside. Um, I think good enough in the secondary. Jordan Lewis has kind of added a little element to that uh, in in the slot in there. He's been a tremendous player. So what is it about their defense that you go, well, okay, that, that's not good. And on offense, my God, they've got arguably the best offensive line, the best running back, uh, one of the top five receivers in the game, and Dak Prescott's red hot. So what is it that's keeping these guys from winning a championship? And I cannot, I can't put my finger on it, other than the fact that they've lost a bunch of close games and and they're no locked. I mean, they were going to have to win the division likely to even get in the playoffs here. So either Philadelphia or Dallas, in all likelihood, are staying home. He's Chris Collinsworth, Sunday Night Football. It'll be the Niners uh, against the Green Bay Packers. I know this was unintentional. It feels like the new pass interference replay rule has actually helped the defense. Um, because if I'm a defensive yeah, coordinator, I just, I just say to my guys, go out and grab and hold and clutch and whatever you got to do. They're not going to call it. Yeah, it, it, it's such a mess. I, I mean, really, I, I understand the, the frustration of everybody in New Orleans over that play last year. Um, and, you know, yeah, we want instant replay to to cure all the evils of the world. And I was the biggest proponent of instant replay. I mean, trust me, I, I, I've been pushing this, <laughs> and I even pushed it for pass interference. But I think the thing that I missed in the whole thing is that at the end of the day, this is a show. You know, and maybe I'm a little more sensitive to it being on television. But at the end of the day, this is a show. And and what we want is a great show. And in a great movie, uh, you or in a great Broadway play, there comes a point in that Broadway play where you get immersed in it, right? Where you start to really live that play or, or that movie. And if 17 times during a Broadway play, they shut it down... <laughs> because they wanted to go back and make sure they got that scene right. Well, it wouldn't have much magic to it anymore, you know? And I think that the NFL is in danger just a little bit of having that happen to them. That just about the time that as a fan or as a viewer, as a broadcaster, that I'm all in, right? Here we go, man. We're in the last two minutes and we're going down the field and guys are making great plays and these phenomenal athletes out there on the field And all of a sudden, I'm spending the next two minutes looking at a guy in a baseball hat, looking at a Microsoft Surface tablet, and I don't know why he's looking at it. He's not making the call anyway. Somebody in New York's making the call. And I I, I don't like it anymore. I mean, honestly, if they they did away with replay tomorrow, I think I would be just fine with it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I said either use it, use it correctly, or don't use it at all. I'll leave you with this, Chris. Eric Weddle spent three years with the Baltimore Ravens. He now plays for the Rams. The Rams play the Ravens. Eric Weddle is on record saying, I could tell them a lot of stuff, but that's not just who I am. So he didn't want to tell his new team about the Ravens. I have a lot of respect for that place, not only how it helped my career and rejuvenated my career, but how they treated myself and my family. But in a tight-knit group and what I would be, what kind of man would I be if I turned my back on all of them? What do you make of Eric Weddle not wanting to share secrets with his new team about his old team? Um, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I get it. I, I understand who he is as a guy. Let me just say that. He, and he's a great guy. Uh, but 
by not giving your team an advantage, you're giving your team a disadvantage because every other sucker in this league is giving it up. <laughs> I mean, they're telling everything they know in trying to help their new team win a game. So I think that it's not a net neutral kind of situation. You're actually making it a disadvantage for your new team. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, it does make sense. I just don't understand it. You know, your job, Some did the Ravens turn their back on Eric Weddle and then he ended up with the Rams? Did he turn his back on the Ravens and then ended up with the Rams? But you're with the Rams. You know, help them. It's your job to win. I mean, no matter how it is that, that you get to that point, I, in, in this day and age, Anybody that reflects any part of a little bit of integrity, I kind of have some admiration <laughs> for, even if I don't 100% agree with it. So I'm trying to back off of this a little bit. Okay, all right. Uh, but, I, but I understand. I, I understand him, but I disagree with the premise. I do disagree. Thank you, Chris. Great to catch up with you. We'll be watching Sunday night. Thank you. All right, buddy. Good talking to you. That's Chris Collinsworth, NBC Sunday Night Football and a majority owner in Pro Football Focus. It'll be the Packers and Niners coming up on Sunday night. It just feels like if you pressure Garoppolo, and with, this is the way with most quarterbacks, he just gets he's just a little jittery. Now, he beat the Blitz last week and had a great performance. That game against Seattle, he could have thrown seven interceptions. He could have. And it's going to come down to, and I know I'll eat my words, or I could with Jimmy Garoppolo, that maybe he does come up with that big performance. But if you somehow say, we're going to stop the run and make Garoppolo beat us, I mean, that would be my approach. Yes, McLovin. I think the big difference is Emmanuel Sanders, when he was on the field, he makes Garoppolo look a lot different. Same with Kittle. We'll come back. we got our play of the day. We will settle on a poll question as well. Back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. 66% of men start losing their hair by 35. Now, I'm not balding yet, but it could hit me anytime. And trust me, you don't want to see me bald. It's 2019. Medicine and science can help you do something about it. This Black Friday, secure the best deal of all, a healthier, thicker hairline. Hims helps guys be the best version of themselves with FDA-approved products. The best part? There's no awkward in-person doctor's visits. Answer a few quick questions online, and a licensed physician will review and determine if a prescription is right for you. I highly recommend you check them out before it's too late. Right now, our listeners can get started with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash Patrick. That's forhims.com slash P-A-T-R-I-C-K. Prescriptions subject to doctor approval and require online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. See website for full details and safety information. That's forhims.com slash Patrick, P-A-T-R-I-C-K. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now back to the show. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. 
Oh my God. The play. The play is going to play. Of the day. Check this out. Nilakina, a below-average three-point shooter. There's Simmons. Yes! He did it! Ben Simmons! Hold the bad fan! Maybe now they'll finally leave him alone after that. He hits the three. His first in his NBA career. No, they won't leave him alone. Sixers Television Network. A little sweet dreams by the Eurythmics there. Yes, Todd? I might have gone, it's a miracle, Barry Manilow, maybe. Is that a little too harsh? Um, they might be <laughs> over-dramatizing that three-pointer from a grown man, a professional basketball player made a three-pointer. Well, hasn't done it ever after all these games? Well, ever is, I mean, it's not that long. You missed your first 22 shots in the AUAA, I did. Todd. Who am I to talk? I should stay quiet. Yeah. Yes, yes, Paul. Do you hear the local announcers blaming others for his, uh, now they'll leave him alone. Oh, yeah. They won't leave him alone, Jim. Well... We might ease off a little bit as the media, but the defense is now not going to uh, ease off of him or let him alone. Ben Simmons had gone 171 games without a three. That's not the all-time record. The all-time record of most games without a three-pointer. He played for the Portland Trailblazers. He was one of my favorite college players. Not a great shooter, obviously. Darnell Valentine, he went 285 games without a three-pointer. Second on the list is Franklin Edwards, who played for Philadelphia, 264 games without a three. Kevin Williams, he went 192 games without hitting a three. By the way, our play of the day is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. From head to toe, they got you covered, everything you need, plus the ultimate shave starter set Basically everything you need for an amazing shave. After that, the restock box ships regular size products at regular prices. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash Patrick. Interesting what Chris Collinsworth said about review on pass interference. If you went to a movie or a broad, like a Broadway play would be a more apt description because, uh, or comparison because it's live. You're watching something live in the moment, whereas a movie is not. But let's say there's a small mistake and then they go, up, up. Let, let, let's stop. Let's stop Hamilton here. I think somebody made a mistake here. Let's go back. Let's get it right. You have a performance. It's a TV show. But you're ruining the TV show by interrupting it. And then you get the call wrong. A majority of the time you get the call wrong. I was never in favor of it. Didn't like it. It was an overreaction. I understand the Saints. You know, it cost them the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. I get it. And I know that there was a lot of heat put on the NFL after that. It was one call. That's it. One call. And because of that, you changed a sport. And then you didn't change it for the good. I understand if you go and now look at these calls. If I'm a defensive player, I'm thinking if you call pass interference, chances are, and you want to review it, you're not overturning it. Because we've seen plays where you go, that's an obvious pass interference. And then it's not called. So then this is a rule not intended to help the defense, but helps the defense. Yes, Eden. I'm still not sure why the technology is being demonized and not the officials. They're the ones that are refusing to get the call wrong. I mean, the video's not lying. 
the you know the Microsoft Surface tablet isn't making all of this up. It's mm-hmm. the officials who just refuse to look at the video and say, "Oh yeah, we messed this one up." I don't know what they can do now. If I'm the NFL, you can't say, "Well, we're going to table this." I think the problem of in season, you know, I, if you're going to use it, just use it for the postseason. You know, when games really, really matter and you want to have a review, then fine. But all it took, there's two things in play here. First of all, don't have all-star crews. Have your team, because then your team will have your back. And, and egos don't get in the way, and I do believe that played a role in New Orleans that late afternoon. Because that's where your buddy, Jim, who's been with you for years on the same you know, refereeing crew, is going to come in and go, hey, I, th- I, you know, I think we got to huddle up. I think we missed that one. That's all it took. And you'll see an official on the sidelines who wants to come in. And the official who didn't make that call holds him off. Holds him off. All you had to do is huddle up, and then I think you would have had that call correctly. But if you're going to have it, and I know what Seton's saying, I don't want to get rid of all replay, but I do want to get rid of this. If you have replay and the technology to get it right, then use it. That's all. Plain and simple. But it feels like, for some reason, they don't want to overturn these calls. And I'm wondering, with this technology, would they have overturned the call? Like, if I challenged that call. Well, no, because you can't challenge that call, right? Because there was no flag on the play. So I couldn't even I couldn't even overturn that call in New Orleans, right? McLovin, I can't I can't challenge that. Nope. There was no call. So the, the the rule that was based off of that wouldn't be used in that game. No, we think we can challenge an on call. I gotta check that I can out. I can challenge that if if there's no flag on the call. I think so. Yes. Okay. I've seen that. Okay. That's been happening. Right. That's, uh, uh, the, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so would they have overturned it? I wonder, too. You know, they obviously are communicating with New York, even on non-replays. Mm. Why didn't New York just tell them, hey, they're in the ear. Why didn't oh, they just call? I know. And I, I, Al Riveron seems to be having some trouble. I, I don't know what they see. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like uh, Blandino Pereira would have helped the on-field guys more. I would love to know what it's like in that control room. You know, mission control where you, you're watching these games and then they go to you and they say, hey, you know, here's a, here's a re- replay. What do you see? I, I'd love to know. I, I think it's something like them going like, oh, they're challenging this one again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one hour in the books. I still have my front tooth in my mouth for the time being. Thoughts and prayers. Two more hours coming up. Football season is here, and it's time to dominate the competition with your fantasy picks. And R.J. Bell's Dream Preview on Podcast One Sportsnet is your secret weapon to victory. I said the fact they didn't run it up in week one tells me this guy is so confident he wants to hide his strength. No matter the matchup, R.J.'s got you handled with top-notch analysis for the best NFL picks around. Now, is that true or not? I don't know. Very optimistic. Download R.J. Bell's Dream Preview every week on Apple Podcasts and podcastone.com. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. 
And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.